the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. All to Jesus I surrender all to
tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This passage in John 14. I love it, but it cuts right across my heart because... He's saying, if we will abide in him, that's the context, John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. This is the context. He's saying, look, I want you to do what I've been doing. Well, what had Jesus been doing? He'd been raising the dead. He'd been healing the sick. He'd been proclaiming the gospel of good news that you could leave your sin and be totally set free. He's saying, look, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. It's not anything for your glory. It's anything for the glory of God. It's not to please me. It's to please Jesus and to bring glory to his father. So we're standing for revival because we know that's the heart of God for America. We know that it's the heart of God for his church. That the unbelief would be erased and repented of and we would believe his name and do what he's been doing. When we think about the fires that burned through Argentina, the fires of holiness and righteousness, the fires of making men new and healing their diseases. The nation was transformed. I want that for America. I believe that God wants that for America. So we've come today to talk again about the Argentine Revival. We want to see this revival in America. And we, Alexander and myself, and a few others, have laid our lives down for the work of revival in America. We're asking, will you lay your life down with us for revival in America? If we don't, if you don't, who will do it? Will a whole nother generation in America die without seeing the glory of God? So we come today to share the stories of revival in the hope that your heart will be touched and you will make a decision that you likewise will lay your life down with us for revival in this city. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. 
with me in studio is my wife, Alexandra. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you all for joining us. We're going to begin in the chapter, The Burning of the Flame. It's a powerful story. So, Alexandra, you want to get us started? Yes, and we're reading again from The Flaming Flame, The Story of Continued Revival in Argentina by Edward Miller. How glorious had been the days of the ingathering into the kingdom when the Lord healed tens of thousands of pagan Argentines who had never before even heard of the living, powerful, resurrected Christ. How rewarding it was to see new churches springing up almost overnight in Necochea, Liberia, Chaco, and other places as a result of healing and deliverance campaigns. How satisfying had been our labors in Mar del Plata to establish the Bible Institute and the children's home. Nevertheless, the master and we his servants were not yet satisfied, for although there had been much fruit as a result of active evangelism, and although pioneer churches, a Bible training institute, and homes to shelter orphan children had been established, these were not the final end that God had in mind. We knew that the Lord desired to build his church in Argentina, a church in his own image, a church which would show forth his likeness. Our work had scarcely begun, for ahead of us yet lay the time-consuming task of preparing disciples, as the Lord had commissioned us to do. The Lord needed ministers and ministries to build his church of individual living stones, and each new believer needed to be brought individually from the experience of conversion to the intimacy of a close, personal, daily walk with the Lord. As we looked out in joy over the great influx of new people who had received God's benefits of healing and salvation, our hearts were challenged and at the same time saddened, for we realized that the greater task still remained, the bringing of the new ones <coughs> into the fullness of the salvation which brings man into a personal and intimate relationship with God. Our newly established churches were filled with new members, who had received a tremendous flowing of the healing power of the Lord and an initial experience of conversion. However, the flow of the grace of the Lord, which brings the soul in contrition to the feet of God, was greatly lacking. Where was that flow of his presence, which brings man to conviction of his sins and shows him his need for a savior to deliver him from them? God had manifested himself as the healer, but the Jesus who came to save his people from their sins was yet unknown to them. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God had said to the forest of the south, I will kindle a flame in thee, and it shall devour every green tree in thee, and, and every dry tree. The flaming flame shall not be quenched, and all faces from the south to the north shall be burned therein and all flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It shall not be quenched. Wait a minute. As you listen to this, is there rising up in your heart the same thing that rises up in my heart? 
I want to see the kindled flame of God's presence in this city of Washington, D.C. I want to see it in your heart. It's personal. I want to see it in your heart. Have you been brought yet to that place of complete contrition before God where you have humbled your heart, you have left your sin, and you are now dependent fully and completely upon Jesus? Or are you still hard-edged and hard-hearted, arrogant, proud, argumentative? Or have you given into the hand of Jesus all that you are? I, I hear you read this, Alexandra, and my heart is quickened. And I've been praying, even yet early this morning, asking God to kindle that flame in the heart of each listener today as they hear this. Let's continue the story. The God who promised to make his ministers a flame of fire also promised to kindle a fire in the south forest, the flaming flames of which would burn in the hearts of individual living trees, kindling in them blazing intensities of love, of worship and devotion, of desire for service and love for others. He also promised to kindle a flame whose devouring fire would burn to consume the dross, the carnality, the strongholds held by the world, the flesh and the devil, and would destroy all that hindered the trees from bearing the transparency, transparency of the image of the one who is a consuming fire. There were many living trees in his great forest of the south, and God greatly yearned to kindle in them the flame of his presence, so that they might blaze with the glory of his living fire, yet not be consumed. God's heart yearned for the flaming flame and the devouring fire to burn in his trees. As the overseers of the portion of his Argentine church committed to our care, we began to pray that he would kindle the flaming and devouring fire of his presence in our midst, that he would draw near to us in the forest of the south field. For many years, these prayers for the purification of his people wafted heavenward to his throne from the holy place. For about ten years, our petition, our plea, our cry was, Lord, you promised to send your fire. You said in City Bell that you would come with purifying fire in your hand to burn out the impurities. And your word says that you will kindle a fire in the south land, which shall not be quenched. Lord, send that fire. Amen. In great faithfulness, even during these ten years of prayer, God was already sending his fire by measure, fire as isolated flames, as if in confirmation or in promise. Our hearts were encouraged, and the ardor of our cries before him became progressively more fervent. The flames of God began to burn in the heart of Alexander, the rebel ringleader of the drinking, worldly young people, of Clotilde Checo, the night he came to church with his cronies to mock and laugh as the oldsters held their religious service. 
As Alexander stood at the back of the church building, the spirit of the Lord as a burning fire filled his heart. Rushing forward, Alexander threw himself down before the Lord in an agony of repentance, confessing his sins and pleading for pardon. He found salvation and became a son of the Most High. Immediately afterwards, Alexander began to seek the Lord night after night in the lonely darkness of the woods that surrounded his Chaco farm home. A few months later, as he sought the Lord in the sweet meadows that surrounded the City Bell Bible Institute, an angel appeared to him. As a result of this summit experience, he entered the giftings of the Holy Spirit in prophetic utterance and understandings and spiritual wisdom. God marked him as one of his chosen vessels. However, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, no matter how spectacular or abundant they be, can never substitute for a holy life and the sanctification of the whole being, spirit, soul, and body, that God requires. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are temporal. They shall all pass away. But the fruits of the Spirit are eternal. They shall ever remain. I'd like to stop again. At the turn of the century, there were very powerful men and women gifted by the Holy Spirit. Oral Roberts, and I could name many others, Catherine Kuhlman. But many of these who were spectacularly blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit for healing and prophetic utterance, later in their lives basically destroyed their ministry by moral failure, by uh, succumbing to being wealthy and stars in the church world, in their popularity, they were led astray in arrogance and pride. God is not going to do this again. He is not going to come in our day and anoint a man or a woman with spectacular gifts of the Holy Spirit. This time, he is going to come on known and unknown people who have walked the walk of righteousness, holiness, and innocence before him, who have been disciplined, who walk with absolute integrity, and have been tested by time, who have entered the desert, and who have submitted and surrendered everything to Jesus men and women that he has spoken to, reproved, chastised, men and women who are literally willing and are laying down their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not going to come and bring revival to leaders who are shallow and undisciplined, and who do not know what it means to suffer for the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm eager 
that you become one of those disciplined by God, having gone through the chastisement of the Lord, having humbled your heart, having turned from your wicked ways, that the Holy Spirit can come in power and ignite that flame in your life of passionate love for Jesus and belief in his word and trust in him. Now is a is a difficult transition time for Alexandra and myself and the National Prayer Chapel as we focus now all of our time and attention on revival. It's a time when we are being tested financially, when we're being tested in every respect. And the word of the Lord to us is wait on the Lord and the Lord will carry you through to rest in him. And so even though this is a difficult place for us, our hearts are not discouraged. Our eyes are on Jesus because we know that it's necessary to go through many of these kinds of times to be prepared for the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. So please, if you're going through one of these kinds of times, not because of your sin, not because of something you've done wrong, but you're simply going through this because the Lord is dealing more deeply with your heart. Trust Him. Don't be discouraged. Don't wiggle. Stand. Though the heavens fall, stand on his word, and he will carry us through. Unfortunately, having received abundant giftings and operations of God in his life, Alexander nevertheless neglected the more important eternal values. He considered the gifting sufficient and did not realize his own personal need of learning the more practical lessons of deep inner breaking and subjection, obedience and submission of his will and his desires. Because of this lack, there was a great weakness, an open door through which the enemy and the world could move in and take dominion over God's servant. As a result of this, for about six years, he walked through a kaleidoscope of life school which included attempts at ministry, depths of despair, titanic glooms of discouragement and failure, and even tried to abandon the way of the Lord, trying to run away from him, but he found he could not outdistance the omnipresent one. He repented and then backslid. And then he repented and backslid again. As he experienced the bitter the bitter disillusionment and failure, the graph of his spiritual life recorded extreme fluctuations. 
even though he tried to return to the presence of the Lord and attempted to serve him on lower levels, it was still a time of utter spiritual defeat, sorrow, darkness, depression, fears, separation, having no consciousness of the presence of the Lord. Alexander continued to struggle and struggle, seemingly unable to find his way back to God. Finally, abandoning everything, he returned to his home and home, and, and went out as a salesman for farm implements, deeply discouraged and convinced that he had forever lost his place in God's calling. And one day a missionary visited his Chico church. Alexander happened to be there because his father was the pastor. The spirit of prophecy came upon the missionary to whom Alexander was unknown. And his prophetic word became a creative word of restoration, a word of faith and power, and new hope and vision and new purpose began to fill Alexander's heart. And the dominion of the enemy in his life was finally broken. And Alexander returned to the presence of the Lord. Later on in Penel, in deep and open confession, he repented of the things that had bound him. He spoke of the pride that had come in because of the unusual giftings of the Holy Spirit, making him feel he was above the others. He spoke of his rebellions and his fears, and as he did so, in deep brokenness, the remaining strongholds were thrown down, the doors of entrance through which the enemy had come to torment him slammed shut and no longer could he find any entrance. The devouring fire was burning out the dross in his life. Today the name of Alexander is inscribed in the list of the men of God in the land. Walking in the victory of the continual presence of the Lord together with his wife and three school-aged children, he is exercising spiritual leadership in the far northern province of Chaco. He is pastoring the large church that was born under the healing ministry of Brother Clifford Long. The flames of the fire of the Lord began to burn in Nadia's heart as a young 16-year-old when she felt the call to come to Peniel as a student. Because her Chaco church, parents, and relatives so greatly opposed her coming, she practically had to run away. In Peniel, Nadia, whose name means hope, showed a broken spirit, and there was an anointing on her life, but she was always getting into some trouble or other because of her stubbornness and strong character. Fortunately, however, like David, she was a good repenter. After three years of preparation, she became a cook in the institute and proved to be an excellent one. But because of her strong character and leadership abilities, she was more of a commanding sergeant than an effective worker. Her greatest efficiency showed itself not in cooking, but in making enemies, and her relationship with the students worsened until one day it was necessary to call them all in to talk with them. Everyone volunteered his opinion as to what was wrong. The result was a 100% vote against Nadia, who sat quietly listening as one after another of her fellow students and workers 
wielded the whip of criticism and rejection. When the time came for her to defend herself, she stood up and, weeping as a good daughter of David, said, It's all true. Please pray for me that the Lord will change me. All the wind fled from the sails of her critics, and they had no more to say. Somewhat sobered, and now praying even more earnestly, Nadia continued on as a cook. The master potter was taking time to form this little vessel on the wheel of his processes. Still another crisis came when we traveled to Patagonia in southern Argentina to minister. When we returned, we found Nadia once again in deep trouble. That same stubborn streak had manifested itself again, and she had rebelled against all the regulations of the Institute. A unanimous cry reigned, Send Nadia home! In spite of the fact that all the workers and the students were indignant at her behavior, when I asked God what to do with her, he said, Do nothing. So I didn't do anything at all. Later on, instead of getting rid of her, I gave her increased responsibilities. After a few weeks, the daughter of David yielded to the sweet influences of the Spirit, and she returned to communion with him in deep brokenness and repentance, as she had always done before. When some six months later I brought up the subject of this rebellious time and asked her what she had expected me to do, she replied, I expected you to send me home. And what did you think when I didn't send you home, but gave you added responsibilities instead? I thought you were crazy, she replied. I had all my bags packed and ready to go. The master potter continued to work faithfully as he formed Nadia into the design of his choice. As his processes in her life continued, the Lord was also working in the family that had so actively opposed her coming to Peniel. Nadia, as a pioneer, blazed a new trail in victory and development. Her family followed that same trail and came to Peniel. One brother and a sister became ministers and are in the Lord's work today. But that's another story. Together with her husband Paul and children, Nadia is successfully pastoring a church in Tucuman, surrounded by newly saved young people, whom they are teaching to become true sons and daughters of David. A week or two before my scheduled departure for a furlough in the States, the interim director of Peniel, Alexander, now walking in the victory of the Lord, came to discuss Elvira, who, passing through a time of great rebellion and discouragement, was making plans to abandon the Institute the next day. "'You've got to help me,' he said. "'I just don't know what to do with her.' We discussed the problem for a while, then I remarked, what do you feel we should do? Discipline her? Do you think she will respond to discipline? Have you ever seen discipline bring anyone out of this condition? Alexander answered in the negative. I've done just everything I know to do to help her and nothing works. I don't know what else to do. Everything? Have you done everything? Have you prayed and really gotten hold of God for her? Somewhat pensively, he answered, yes. I have prayed for her, but nothing happened. Alex, do you believe that God sent Elvira to us and that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on her life? Are you convinced that the Lord has called her to serve him? Yes. 
Well, I concluded, if all that is true, then we had better not lose her. He shook his head, remembering Stormy Elvira, a true sister of Simon, with her bags all packed, just waiting for money for her ticket to run home. Listen, I told him, for God desires to teach you a most valuable lesson through what is happening to Elvira. Tonight, without fail, you will see Elvira come all the way back to Calvary. And with those words, I left to shut myself in with God to fight the battle through in prayer. When I finished praying, I went to Elvira to insist that she attend service that night in the chapel. Very reluctantly, she came. Picking up my accordion and beginning to play, I wondered just how to start the service. Do you believe, came that quiet inner voice, then start a victory march? A victory march? Seeing no victory anywhere in that cold, dead atmosphere, I turned my eyes away from Elvira, who was sitting there glum, flushed with anger, and solid as the walls of Jericho. With little enthusiasm, the students obediently started to march and to sing. When I wondered what to do next, the same still small voice said, Praise the Lord and dance. But Lord, how can I praise you in the dance when I am weighed down with this accordion? All right then, you bring forth the dance. At that moment, Kathy, the daughter of a conservative missionary mother, who had not yet received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, started dancing. Before long, the anointing of the spirit of the dance descended upon her, and suddenly, before the startled eyes of her mother, who had never seen her do such a thing before, she gave a shout and a leap and moved out to the middle of the room and began dancing and praising the Lord with all her might as a true daughter of Miriam. With that, the spirit of praise fell on all the group, and they too began to praise the Lord with all their hearts. After worshipping the Lord for a while in the dance, the young lady with eyes closed and tears streaming down her cheeks went over to where Elvira was sitting, and slipping one arm around her neck, she lifted her up with the other one, as though Elvira were but a piece of straw or a little rag doll. Hardly conscious of what she was doing, she began to dance with her. The angry girl, now mortified beyond words, her face blazing with rage and defiance, tried to get free, but the iron hand of the love of God was around her neck through the arm of little Kathy. Elvira could stand no more. With deep cries of repentance and with tears flowing freely, she joined Kathy in the same spirit of worship. Before the service was over, both girls were leaping and praising and shouting the mercies of God. In Elvira's life, the walls of rebellion fortress crumbled forever as God continued his glorious processes of restoration. Today, Alvira is married to Fred, another Peniel student, and together they are pastoring a church in Chaco. Now, as you listen to this, you know what strikes me? We've been far, far too cemented and rigid and hard-edged, pulled back, not given to shouts of praise and glory now i don't mean i don't mean false praise i don't mean much of the silliness in the church today that is looked upon as 
as praise and worship. I don't mean some foolish man in a penguin, a, a, a sequin suit, standing up front, dancing with a cane and saying, come on, let's praise Jesus. I don't mean that kind of foolishness. I don't mean a show. I don't mean Broadway. I mean the honest, open expression of a heart joyous and utterly given over to Jesus and a heart uninhibited by what anyone else will think or believe as you are filled by the Holy Spirit and you shout the praises of God. We've been way, way too uptight in the American church. We've been centered in the foolishness of entertainment rather than in the holiness of God. Now, the story goes on. Alexandra, you want to continue? Of course. In the South Forest, as the divine flame burned in these individual living torches and others like them, they illumined and inspired others to earnestly seek the fire of God for themselves. In this way, God set other living trees aflame as his fire burned from deeply embedded roots to highest branches. God transformed young men and women into sons and daughters of fire, who are positive and powerful influences for his kingdom, who minister to the Lord in love, worship, and devotion, who minister to others in anointing and compassion, because the power of the fire of his presence has set their lives aflame. Fire is the only source of power and light known to man, and God's fire kindled their love into a passion whose flames consumed the flesh and the carnal, and burning brought life, light, fire, and power. They became burning torches, these living trees of his south forest, in which the light and glory of the divine flame continue to burn. In 1968, the wind of God's presence began to blow in great vehemence upon the fire that he had kindled in the South Forest, and it began to blaze in other living trees as well, in Mimi, Annie, Lillian, Esther, Horatio, Maria, Elizabeth, Guillermo, and others whose stories we desire to share with you later. God's promised powerful wave was a wave of fire, which began to burn in Mendoza, City Bell, and Buenos Aires, then later burned in Necochea, Liberia, Chaco, and Mar del Plata. As the wind of his presence fanned these flames, they spread to Quilmes, Cordoba, Tucumán, and again to the great metropolis, Buenos Aires, where coals and embers once again burst into living flame. The spreading of the fire resulted in the building of new churches, the opening of new Peniels and Bible homes, and the establishing of new congregations. As believers began to behold God, whose eyes are as a flame of fire, he brought them to contrition for their sins, to confession, to repentance, to cleansing, and then to transformations. Rebellions, envies, hatreds, resentments, selfishness, lusts of the flesh, and many other things not pleasing to God were revealed as divine light pierced the deeps of the soul. Heaven's fire light revealed hidden, buried, forgotten things 
then burned in cleansing and healing power as divine blood cleansed the sinners in Zion. Joy filled hearts and caused them to sing. Faith stilled reasoning minds and filled them with God's word. Rest came to troubled spirits and brought them into peace. Divine love flowed into loveless hearts and then flowed out through them to others. The fire of the divine presence was consuming the dross in the living trees of the south field, kindling a flame that not only cleansed and ignited, but also burned out boundaries and spread beyond man's confining walls. It produced in these living trees intensities of love and devotion, worship and service, submission and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. From the heights of the sanctuary, where the consuming fire dwells, the father heard the travailing cries of his little children on earth. Divine fire drew near to us in the vast forest of the field of the south. And the flaming flame and the devouring fire began to burn to purify his people. And the flaming flame shall not be quenched. But who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? cried the prophet Isaiah, then answered in the certainty of the word of the Lord, he that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly. That's the story of Argentina. Now we're waiting for that story to begin in America. Yes. We're waiting for that story to begin in your heart in Washington, D.C. I cannot make it happen. We cannot make it happen. But we're crying out to Jesus that he would send his fire, that he would begin this work, that he would complete his work. And I'm wondering today, is your heart stirred? Are you crying out in your heart for more of Jesus? Do you recognize how cold and hard you are? Do you recognize the emptiness? Do you desire more? Are you going to live the rest of your life in the same old, same old? Or are you willing to lay your life down for Jesus Christ? I listened today to two men as they talked, both involved in ministry. And they were so alive talking about all of the strategies of man and all of the carefully working out of the details to stay relevant, to be able to somehow produce the result they desired. And my heart broke for them. I've been down that road. I know it's a, a dead-end road. I know it's a dead-end road. It is only the Holy Spirit who can quicken the heart of a man or a woman as you repent, as you openly and publicly confess your sin, 
as you lose all of the rigidness and the self-righteousness and you humble your heart before God, before brothers and sisters. Human energy and human strategies and human power will not further the work of the gospel in our day. It's going to have to be the power, the fire of God, the presence of the full anointing of the Holy Spirit. Our phone number in studio is 877-534-0780. That's 877-534-0780. We'd be happy to pray with you. Please call. This is your time. There's not a lot left, but for one or two, we would be happy to pray. Are you tired of walking in the bondages of sin, in the pretense that you're saved, when you know inside your hidden life is one of darkness? Are you walking sexually unclean? Are you lying or cheating or stealing? Do you have bitterness and anger in your heart? Are you filled with pride and self-sufficiency? Do you want Jesus? Almighty God, send the fire. Send the fire, Jesus. I keep asking you, where is the God now of Elijah? Where is the God now of Elijah for the American church? For those who are listening now to the broadcast. Lord, where is your fire? Would you come with mighty power? Would you ignite that cleansing fire in our hearts? Would you bring the giftings of your Holy Spirit the giftings of healing, salvation. Lord, there has to be a change. I plead with you, Jesus. Would you come? Lord Jesus, I ask that those listening to this broadcast right now would be driven to prayer and would not give up. Lord, I ask that they would persevere in prayer without fainting until they have a full assurance that they are clean with you. Lord, that every hidden thing would be humbly confessed and put away and that the armor of God would be put on. Lord, I ask that you would make a whole army of soldiers of the cross of those listening to this broadcast, Lord, that in every church represented, that you would cleanse and anoint with power and with the Holy Spirit, men and women and even children hearing this message, Lord, to be powerful soul winners for you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I know without your Holy Spirit, the church will just continue to drift down, down, down. Islam will come and Muslims will buy out our American churches and turn them into mosques or community centers. And slowly the Christian church will retreat and retreat and retreat because of our pride and our love of our truth and our darkness. Lord, would you come? Would you come now to each who's listening? Lord, there has to be a change. Where now is the God of Elijah? Where now is the God of Elijah? Who comes with authority and power? Lord, I trust you. My eyes are upon you. I know you will come. Your promise was that whatever we ask in your name for the glory of the Father, you would do. And certainly it is for your glory to turn the hearts of men and women back to you, Jesus. Would you come now and turn the heart of every listener away from their cynicism, away from their self-righteousness, away from their own plans, their own ideas. Come, Holy Spirit of the living God. Yes, Lord, we're here a very short time. Lord, I could die just as easily today as anybody else. Lord, there are perhaps people listening today who will be dead by the end of next week. Lord, I ask that you would ignite a fire of urgency under every person listening. Yes, Lord. Lord, there's no time to delay. Thank you, Lord. We're praying for you, and we'd like to meet you. We'd like to see you. That's part of the frustration of radio is that we don't have an opportunity to meet and pray together. I want to invite you to come next Monday evening. The doors will open at 7 o'clock. The Revival Now meeting will begin at 7.30 with praise and worship. It will be at the All Saints Church in Woodbridge, Virginia, right next to the Hilton Memorial Chapel. It will be in the main sanctuary. Let me give you the address. It's 14851 Gideon Drive. 14851 Gideon Drive. This will be a healing service. It will be a revival service. It will be a time of of contrition and repentance. And it's a time not only for Christians, but for you to, this is an opportunity for you to invite those you know who are not Christians to come and hear the gospel. We'd also like to invite you to partner with us in this work of revival. And you can do that by going to our webpage, 
nationalprayerchapel.com and you can donate there for the cost of this radio broadcast that it could be covered for this month. You can also write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, our webpage is nationalprayerchapel.com. You can listen to this message and our past messages there. You can watch YouTube videos. We have a number of blog posts. You're welcome to write questions that you'd like us to answer on the air. We love to answer listener questions. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter under National Prayer Chapel. You can also go to our webpage revivalnow.church revivalnow.church for all the information about the Revival Now meeting next Monday night. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We love you. We're from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. And I'm Alexandra. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but do it. Do it. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Amen. God bless you. Present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.